0: The key is about matching you with the right franchise and the key that I tell my clients learn about it take the time to learn about it see if it checks off those boxes all right because you either if you take the time to learn maybe you find something that makes sense for you or maybe you don't but at least you've taken the time to learn about it, and make an informed decision.
1: You know, even if it doesn't happen in the next one or two years, it's gonna happen at some point. It's historically happened every X amount of time. It's just part of living. Most of our lifetimes, we'll see at least two or three recessions. Can you, let's let's go through like seven ideas, seven industries or franchises that you have found to be, that you're like, those are the seven categories that you're telling people, hey, these don't get impacted nearly as much by recession. recession. Is it happening? Is it not happening? I don't know. Uh, you guys know my opinion. I've been pretty clear about it. I think something's going to happen. Well, we always talk about online businesses and I kind of tend to forget that there's this entire world. Okay. It's a massive world of opportunity. That's not necessarily your typical online business and it just so might be, that that's the world where you get the most protection from a recession or no recession. What if you have a business, it doesn't matter. If we have a recession, great. If we don't, great, you don't care as an owner. Now, also our guest today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal his thunder a little bit. There's a number he shared with me that's fascinating and he's gonna talk about this today. And that is that the type of businesses we're gonna discuss in this in this interview have a three times more likely chance of succeeding than any other business. So here you go. You have an opportunity to get recession proof. You have an opportunity to have a 3x chance to success, uh, success rate. And then personally, I'm going to be picking this person's brain a little bit because I have actually been looking at this class of investment or this type of business, but I want it to be passive. I, I just want to buy it. And I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to show up. I don't want to do things. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little ideological. Let's find out. We've got the person in the house with over 30 years of experience, literally began their career in this type of world, in this type of investment, and in this type of business. And now they are available as a consultant and they're, they're gracious enough to be here. Marty Greenbaum. Marty, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Welcome to the Onyx and Gall show. And for those of you who are wondering, what are we going to talk about? You ready? franchising i know onyx and gall talking about something that doesn't have to do with necessarily with the internet who who thunk it right but i'm fascinated Uh, i was telling marty before we started the episode i said marty this episode might be more for me than my audience because i'm truly very interested in this topic so probably gonna ask better questions because of it marty welcome to the show ah thanks so much pleasure to be here love to uh share my uh
0: background and uh Knowledge of franchising with the world. Um, I know you got a great audience, so I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, well, well, Marty. I mean, right out the gate, you know, um, your experience in this world is is insane. I mean, yourself from, from your your family was in this business. You you did hundreds of stores opening through them, and then you went on to become um, an advisor, marketing consultant to over 120 of the top franchise brands. Um, Here's the deal and I want to get I want to cut I want to punch right to the gut right before we even I want to get into your story and everything But we got people thinking right now. I know what my audience is thinking Oh franchise. That's so that's so 30 years ago, you know who who, who does franchising anymore But I know that there's a lot of reasons to look at it because i've done some research So why are you so passionate about franchises? Why is your entire business and life about this? I'm kind of curious Well, listen,
0: um What's great about franchising is so many people out there, they've been in their careers for so long. You know, most of the people I work with, they're looking for another way to generate income, build their wealth. And you know what? Careers are very limiting nowadays. And, you know, the days of being in a career for 20, 30 years, I mean, who does that anymore? It's so hard to find that. And the guys that did that, they're they are in their 50s now saying, I have no job security. So the fact is franchising allows people to get into a business where they may may never even realize they could get into. Here's an important or really unique stat that's interesting. 80% of the people that I work with and help find the right franchise, they get into an industry where they had no experience before. But you know what? If you have a certain amount of experience in business and you have managed people or you've been in sales or you have operational background, then you could use those skills and transfer them to, you know, a franchise that makes sense for you. So franchising is great because it allows you to succeed because they got everything figured out. Okay. But it's very important to, to really find the franchise that's going to be right for you and that's going to help you achieve your goals.
1: Okay. Actually, you know, before we make assumptions and jump right into this, um, couple of rapid fire questions. First of all, uh, well, a couple of rapid fire. And then the big question I'm going to get to for everyone listening is what is franchising? So, you know, if you're thinking, what are they they talking about? It's okay. We're going to get to that. Um, I have a lot of listeners that are international that are not from the United States. It's owning a franchise business and opportunity outside the United States as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Globally. You know, there's great... uh... There's great franchise organizations around the world. Here in the United States, there's an organization called the International Franchise Association. It's the association of all major franchises you know, here in the U.S. And it's pretty much the largest franchise association globally. But there's franchise associations in Asia, in the Middle East. I mean, they're all around the world. Franchising is bigger than ever. And it really
1: is. Um, what is franchising? So, in a summary, what what does that mean? Yeah, what is it?
0: So, think about this. You've heard of McDonald's and Subway, right? Yep. So, and as everybody, if you say franchising, they're gonna people are gonna think, okay, I have a brand, I have an operating system, I got to follow some system and standards, and I I have to pay royalties because you know definitely have to pay royalties to the organization. I want you to think about it this way. Okay. Somebody comes up with a great idea about doing something. And obviously you think of McDonald's, the guys, you know, came up with a different way to make hamburgers and they were unique and fast and, you know, but what they do is they want to expand nationally, but they don't have the money to expand nationally. So franchising allows these entrepreneurs that have a great idea to expand nationally using other people's money. Okay. So When I, and this is an interesting point that I have to make because I share this with my clients, you know, what a franchise organization truly is, is they're in the business of royalty collection. See, when you join a franchise and you're a franchisee and you're generating revenues based on a system and a brand uh, and a model that a franchisor has created, all right, you're paying these royalties and it doesn't matter if you're senior care, you know, automotive, education, IT, a home service company, franchise companies are in the business of royalty generation. They want you to succeed. So the key takeaway is this. If I was the franchise company and I had 300 locations and I'm getting royalty revenues, maybe six, seven percent of gross revenue, that's what you pay. And then I'm gonna look at every aspect of that business model and I'm gonna distill it down to make it as successful and profitable as it could be. So when I talked in terms of success rates, just know the reason why there's higher degree of success rates in franchising is because you have so many minds on this business model, not only the corporate team, but it could be 300 franchisees all working the model, all working towards making it more profitable and looking at every aspect from marketing to technology to systems, et cetera. So it's a unique model where you get to be part of a family and yes, you pay royalties, but most of the time there's you know it's a great value, okay? Not every franchise, I wouldn't say just buy any old franchise, but there are some that are definitely better than others. I hope that oh, helps.
1: I know it it, it helps a lot. Um, you're going to laugh at this. I got a funny story. So I got really excited about franchises in 2018, 27, 2018. Um, I have all this net wealth that's being generated. And I was like, OK, I want to put this wealth to use. Um, I started looking at some of the financials from, from franchises. I was like, wow, the cash on cash return and the overall return on capital is looking pretty good. And, um, you know, these, these franchises individually, they carry value, right? So if you build one, you can sell these later on. And I liked what I was seeing. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of the idea of just putting money into funds. It, it doesn't resonate with me as an entrepreneur. It doesn't excite me, I guess I could say. And at that time I wasn't really big into real estate. I am now I've, I've done really well with real estate, but it's still not exciting. It's like, you know, I like business. So I started looking at it and, um, I found, I fell in love with the franchise, Massage Envy. Um, I, not from a business standpoint, knew nothing. I was a member. I used to go there. I was, I looked at the financials. I was like, wow, this is cool. I liked the idea. It's not a cash business. You don't have to be, I was thinking, you don't have to be there in the morning or whatever. And like, I'm running all the math. And I remember 2019 early, I got aggressive. I was like, that's it, I not wanna buy one. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't even consider me. They were like, um, your area is, is full. Like, we, we don't have any good spots. Um, the closest one you can consider is three and a half hours away. I was like, well, no, right? So I was really disappointed. And it's just funny enough, I was really disappointed. And like seven months later, COVID happened. And I was like, ooh, that was probably an, you know an interesting bullet it dodged for some time. Um, I, I want to talk about franchises with you at a macro level. One of the questions I do want to ask you eventually is, you know, how does someone pick... Um, the right franchise but the the first objection that i think comes to even my mind or to the minds of many people listening is like you have to have a lot of money because you mentioned even mcdonald's subway i mean some of these are six figure entries you know let's just like are there franchises that are a lot less costly or let's say i come to you and i'm like i want to have a franchise is there a minimum number that you say hey if you don't have at least this much capital it's going to be really hard to get you into a good franchise
0: well listen there's um franchises So there's some as low as $10,000, like a travel franchise, all right? You could sell cruises and have your own franchise. Now, are you going to make 100000 plus a year on that? No, okay? But the fact is, is that when I work with clients, you know, first of all, um, I tend to feel that if you're wanting to make like a hundred plus, you're probably going to need fifty thousand in liquid funds or you know cash, and and you probably need a net worth of about at least like two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand is a little bit better. Now franchises, they all have financial qualifications. They're going to have a net worth qualifier and they're going to have um, the liquid capital qualifier. You asked me about you know you know the different types and and investment levels, you know. There's so many different types of franchises with almost 4,000 franchises in the US. There's everything from, you know, there's automotive to healthcare, to senior care, food, fitness, IT, tons of different service franchises, everything from restoration to cleaning companies, to repair companies, to real estate related. And then you have things like staffing, I mean, It really runs the gambit. But I'll tell you something, you don't have to get into what I call retail franchise and spend a half million to a million dollar investment. You could get into most service companies. And what I like about service companies, number one, they're hot right now. But most service companies you could get in, the initial investment is between 100 and 200,000, okay? And what's good about service franchises is, you don't, sometimes they're home-based, Sometimes you could start out of a small office or a little warehouse space and you grow it. But does a service company minimize the amount of revenue you could make? Like how do they compare against larger retail? It's amazing what some of these service companies do. They could do a million dollars or more. So you could grow and scale the business. That's what I like about that. But there's so many different levels, so many different ideas. So um you know you just have to start looking and and and, and learning about the industry
1: yeah well we're, and we're going to going to kind of get get into that so i wanted to get that out ahead there's a lot of people that are listening right now that perhaps are immediately thinking i don't even have you know 20 dollars liquid um listen anyways okay um and and learn because the day may not be far that you will one of the things that i'm going to be asking marty about today is i want him to give us a few examples marty if you don't even mind eventually in a, in a few minutes like seven of his best recession proof franchise ideas or topics and then i'm going to say hey seven of his best passive income Uh, franchise ideas, because what we're going to do is put me to the test. So I'm going to say, Marty, these are the things that this is what I have. These are the things I'm good at. This is what my life looks like. This is what I have access to. What do you think? Where should I go? So it's going to be a fun exercise for you to to learn from. I will tell everybody who's listening to this uh, to one thing. When I went and researched this in 2017, 2018, there are a lot of companies, agencies, consultants, brokers, a lot and i got spooked completely it, it was scary because you're dealing with big money you don't know who to trust and so that's one area where i really like marty was just the 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 references and the places where he came from and his background and his experience i've always said you don't make it multiple decades in an industry by being a bad person in that industry you typically get weeded out so that's why you're you're really if you're listening keep listening cuz you're you're in um you're in for a treat here so Let me
0: share something that's important people need to know too.
1: You know, when I work with
0: people, I say to them, you know, most people have never done this before, okay? So if you're going to go down the route of finding a franchise and investing in a franchise, number one, you don't need to be sold, okay? I don't sell people. But the, the key here is this. The key is about matching you with the right franchise. And the key that I tell my clients learn about it. Take the time to learn about it. See if it checks off those boxes, all right? Because you either, if you take the time to learn, maybe you find something that makes sense for you, or maybe you don't, but at least you've taken the time to learn about it and make an informed decision. So it's, I mean, it's important to learn and there's a lot of resources and this and that. You, there's a lot of content online in regards to working with consultants. There's all kinds of consultants, just like anything. There's there's people that are that have commission breath, right? And then there's people that really care about the success of you know their clients. Um, you know, I'm here to educate people and I guide them. Uh, I'm not here to sell or pressure.
1: How how do you charge? Is it like an hourly fee or do you? No, it's
0: unique. This is how most consultants charge the same way. But the fact is, is that, you know, think of real estate, right? Um, If you're buying a house, using an agent, the buyer doesn't pay the commission. The seller pays the commission, right? So in what we do as consultants, we help you. You never pay me a penny if I find a franchise that you decide to move forward with, then I I receive a referral fee from the franchise company. Doesn't affect what you pay. And you know what, at the end of the day, I'm about finding the right fit and doing the right thing. So, you know, listen, not everybody's like that, but overall, I mean, there's some great people in this industry and, you know, like this is important for anybody who's looking to do this. Nobody could afford to make a mistake in picking the wrong franchise or getting fooled. Um, it, it just it's it would be too too create too much hardship on most families, you know. So, I mean, you know, that's that's the way I look at it.
1: Great. All right. So, so um, I really liked you said earlier, you caught my attention with it, and I kind of like this episode's becoming about that since you said it was this recession proof recession is a, is a topic. It's looming over our heads. You never know if it doesn't happen in the next one or two years, it's going to happen at some point. It's historically happened every X amount of time. It's, it's part of living. Most of our lifetimes we'll see at least two or three lower sessions. Can you, let's, let's go through like seven ideas, seven industries or franchises that you have found to be that you're like, those are the seven categories that you're telling people, Hey, these don't get impacted nearly as much by recessions.
0: Okay, well, let's start with hair care, something I know nothing about.
1: Okay. <laughs> I just got that. Joke.
0: <laughs> so no, actually, I know a lot about it. Well, think about it. People are gonna get their haircuts every four to six weeks, guys, we're gonna get We're gonna go to great clips, sport clips, supercuts, right? I mean, hair care is a great franchise opportunity. I'll tell you why it's great. Number one, very semi-absentee. Most of these big organizations say, listen, don't quit your job, keep your job, hire a manager, they'll hire the people that cut hair. You could go onto the dashboard and check and th- see how things are going. And guess what? If you stop by three to five hours a week, that's probably more than enough, okay? Those investments are typically 350, okay? Maybe you come down with hundred cash, you get an SBA loan for the balance. They're very, you know, let's face it, if i ask most people how long you've been especially guys how long you've been going to the same barber shop you know they, they i always get like six years eight years ten years right so again is is that a business you're going to be a millionaire over no but if you own five or ten that's the way you, you, you what's great about those is you could scale them right okay you want yeah. the next one
1: yeah let's go i'm going to come back and ask them I, I do. I want to come back, but I I'm, I'm I'm intrigued right now. Because I want to get through the 7. So I'm I'm loving this part of the
0: Let's talk about I'm going to give you a crazy one. Pet care right now. Okay? Wow. During COVID, what happened? So many dogs got bought, puppies, right? The yep. pet care industry is booming, especially everything related to dogs. So right now, that's something people take think about where like the level of people that take care of their dogs now compared to was compared to like 20 years ago they're part of the family now and guess what with less people having kids or people having less kids out of worries about where we're headed as a country guess what they're buying more dogs so there's dog training there's dog daycare there's dog pet supply stores there's a really cool one that it's like a gym for dogs. I mean, people want to have more experiences with the dogs, so dogs is a good one.
1: You see that uh, that TikTok guy that went famous for, he has a van with a doggy treadmills in the back, and he just, I was fascinated. He drives up to your house, you pop your dog, and these dogs love the treadmills. They just start running for a while, um, and then he just brings them back into your house and he was making a ton of money. Um, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, people buy, like, I, I have joked with some of my own family members where I'm like, God, if I could only be a dog in your family, I think they get better care than the humans in the family in many cases. How, how about, about how much does it take to get into something like that, rough ballpark? You gave a range. Well, right? Listen, if
0: you, um, you know, the, the the pet boarding and grooming places, those are expensive. They could be about $700,000, okay? But guess what, you could get into a dog. Like there's a dog obedience training franchise. There's two of them actually where they come to your house. Like you would hire people. You could be a passive owner. You could hire people that and they could get certified to train dogs. The investment's about 100 to 150 in there, one to 150, and you hire people to to go to people's homes, train dogs. Very profitable business, low overhead, work from home, right? Um, They market, they get referrals from vets and pet stores, and you could have a, you know, something like that too. you get into this really cool pet. You ever seen dogs like jump through hoops and go through obstacle courses and in and out of tunnels and up and down stairs and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, on these shows, sometimes on TV. There's a place, there's a franchise called Zoom Room that I really love. And the investment's like three, four hundred thousand dollars, but imagine people going there and being able to train your dog how to do all that fun stuff, and being in that community and culture. And I think that's a really neat one too.
1: You know what that reminds me of? Um, so I just took my nine-month-old baby. Well, she's ten actually. She's ten months today as a filming day. Um, and we took her to. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we took her to a little thing called a little gym, and we were going to sign up for a membership. It's forty-five minutes once a week. For her to go roll around on mats, um, and it's a hundred and fifty dollars a month, and I'm still sitting here with my jaw on the ground because I pay thirty dollars a month for my gym membership, and I get a heck of a lot more than mats. Um, and, and all I could do when we left and signed up for it, I just, I just looked at my wife and I was like, I gotta go look this franchise up. We should buy one of these. The well, numbers have got to be that's amazing. That's
0: another one of the recession-proof franchises. Like we, okay. we could roll into that, all yeah. right? You know, first of all. There's a number of those like places where you take toddlers and you you know and and there's activities, okay? and the, and and in this space, there's like maybe people heard of mathnasium. I mean, there's like a thousand of them out there. Kids always have a problem with math, right? So um but there's some great franchises out there. You know, here's an interesting one. Um, there's a brand called Ivy Brook Academy. Okay, you know how uh, I don't know if you know this or the listeners know this, but in the first five years of your development, so ages zero to five, you you learn the most and you're the most impressionable. The human mind, you know, that's when it really forms, like in that early stage. So if you could expose your children to more curriculum and learning and actually not just here, play with this ball and throw it against the wall and go, you know, instead of, I mean, physical activities are good, but if you can expose your children, young children to learning. So there's this kind of preschool that does that. They they have Montessori curriculum. They start them very early. It's regimented, but it really helps these young children excel in their life like never before. You start them young, you give them an edge the rest of their life. So that's what, a deep franchise. What do
1: you call this category? Oh, just child education. Child education. Okay, got it. All right. Okay, so that's number three. Um, about rough, can you get into it for 100K, 200K, 300K? I know there must be so many levels, but like what's the...
0: Oh, that one's a little bit more because it's, they have, uh, it's a bigger, you got classrooms, right? So that that may be closer to five or six, you know? Okay. Got it. So, but right. let's now roll into automotive. Mm, okay. All right. So it um, doesn't matter what the recession is going to do. People are going to have their car break on them, right? Yep. And that's not going to change. The volume of cars that break down is not going to change. And we're not going to get to the point where we really have a... You know, significant percentage of electric cars for the next ten years. Okay, so all the like Meineke, Mako, those full service brands, great investments. All right, the um, note I like, I like oil change still. Okay, oil change is going to be around for a long time. It's a very semi absentee model, so I like oil change. So automotive, there's a lot of different options from aftermarket to painting to all kinds of things it's uh it's a really neat you know tires big o tires and things like that right so uh, automotive very recession proof
1: about how much to get into that rough starting point
0: well listen you could get into an oil change business for around 3 3 to 400,000 you get into full service you're talking more like 4 to 5
1: got it all right let's, we're at that's four so far let's move into number 5
0: medical medical okay so obviously Medical is one of these emerging brands too. you know, 10 years ago, even five years ago, you didn't have half the brands you have today, but medical, you know, it used to be people would be like, do I have to be a doctor to be telling a medical franchise? No, you don't. All right. I don't know how many listeners have ever been to the joint Okay, that you go, you pay a membership fee, they do a quick adjustment, you leave. What a simple model that grew to a thousand units and over you know a period of three, four years. It was amazing what they did, all right? But there's um, nowadays, you know people are getting I don't know if you're aware of the IV drip concepts where you could go yes. in and get revitalized yep. by the drip. there are um, check this out, mental health franchises, okay? So think about this. Where are we with an issue of mental health com- today compared to where we were 20 years ago or even 10 Holy years
1: smokes. ago? Holy smokes. Pen- it's like its own epidemic. Yeah, it's bad. Right, it's
0: bad. right. Yeah. So guess what? Mental health franchises, that's that's one of the hottest franchises that's out there. It's crazy. And you don't have to be the, the therapist. You hire a lead therapist. It's very semi-absentee. They hire other therapists. This, this franchise, they do all the back office and billing, and they make it easy. So that thing's gone to like wild, you know, wildfire. And there's like physical therapy, pain relief, and all those things tied into also like, um, like the med spa, they, the um, people feeling better about themselves, whether they get cool sculpting or Botox or things like that. You know, there's always somebody who's, um, you know, always worried about, you know what they what they look like and how they could stay young. As a matter of fact, one of the franchises I work with is called Forever Young. <laughs> you know, so I mean, people want to stay young. So that's that's a
1: that's yeah. a. And what's the investment for that? Roughly starting point in one of the.
0: Well, listen. You know the it varies depending. You know the um, the mental health franchise is about three hundred thousand. Um, most of those uh, an IV drip concept maybe closer to two. And then the forever young, a little bit more, they're closer to five or six, okay? But again, um, let's say you get an SBA loan, usually most people could qualify for 80% of the loan, right? So if you're looking at a $400,000 investment, it could be 100,000. Now keep in mind that some of these, you know, if a business does a million in revenue and that's around 20%, you're making 200 grand a year. So what if you were able to invest, and this is just a rough example to give your listeners an idea, okay? What if you invested in 100 and you were able to create a business? Now, not year one, it takes a, like any business. It's going to take a couple, three years to get your business to maturity. Okay, but what if you got to maturity in a few years and you're netting, you know, 150, 200 a year. Now, if you were to put a hundred thousand dollars in the stock market, what would be considered a great return on investment? 10, 12
1: percent. Yeah. 12 12%, percent.
0: Right. Okay. So that gives you guys, you know, a little bit of idea what what's possible. Right now, could you like you said, you like to just invest it and not worry about it. Not not quite a reality. There is going to be some need to manage this business, but there's different levels of that. Well, oh, let's
1: go. yeah, and, and I'm just going to say, to be fair there, uh, so, you know, people love to say, like, real estate is passive. And, my, and I have some of the most passive real estate possible. It's called triple net. And my wife always corrects me because she always laughs and says, yeah, it's passive for me. But she's the one dealing with all the regular issues, so she she manages our entire real estate portfolio. And there's always something going on. Now it's not. We're never on site really much. It's not like you know we're not slogging away at things. It's just things popping up. You got to address an issue that's or why, that's some. Why I do land. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, so um, so uh, I I completely hear you on the fact that when I say passive in my head, I'm also not like oh, don't remember it, don't think about it. I, I just mean more like. You know, I'm, I'm not quitting my day job and I'm not sitting here stressing about it all the time. Um, but yeah, so we're off out, we're out through five now. Let's go to number six for uh, passive. I mean, for uh, um, recession proof.
0: Well, listen, I have a number of these now. I'm going to call, I'm going to say, let's talk about well, home services. It's a broad category. Okay. There's like home improvement where you're doing like flooring and painting and, you know, and you're kitchen remodeling and things like closet remodeling garage remodeling right so there's home improvement there's repair okay and i'll get into some details repair is things like plumbing hating air conditioning talk about recession resistant right you know now like hvac bigger than ever right because our, our country's getting so hot the weather's changing all right but there's ever there's neat ones also like gutter repair I mean, it's a very profitable business, you know, gutter cleaning, gutter shields, gutter repair, and unbelievable business, right? You have typical, um, like what I call cleaning and maintenance, things that you get all the time. You could own a, you know, residential cleaning, but I, I like things like um, carpet cleaning, dryer vent cleaning, things that mosquitoes, crazy, but a great business because you know, it's a recurring revenue. So those things I like, like, there are some service businesses that, you know, somebody gets it done once, and they're not going to do it for years. And then there's other service companies where, you know, you spray for mosquitoes every two, three weeks, and it happens, you know, depending on where you live from six to nine months a year, all right, Uh, pest control, things like that, recurring revenue, I love that, you know, there's restoration companies, right? We're having more floods and bad weather than ever. Restoration companies, people in rest, what's great about restoration, guess what? Insurance covers it, right? So I, I can't tell you how much they charge restoration companies to bring in those things to dry up your house and get, and they, you know, they mitigate the mold and blah, blah, blah. But the fact that those are all, there's some great categories and these are mostly recession proof because think about what's going in the in the uh right right now in this housing market right mm-hmm. housing new houses are not being sold and when that doesn't happen you know what happens people say well they're going to need repairs no matter what if something breaks they need a plumber whatever but or the other if, thing if, is they're going to look at their house and say how do i make it a little bit nicer Right.
1: We're using our houses a lot more now, too, right? So much work from home. So we're just, we're in this house using it more, more wear and tear.
0: So, yeah. I mean, so there's all these different brands. I mean, an investment in a service company typically is in that one to $200,000 range. Okay. You, uh, some people say one of the challenges is getting the right people to work for you. Okay. Now, certain franchises, the way they're positioned, like, one of my one of my brands where i have several of my clients looking at now is called spraynet. They're a painting franchise. You would think that there's a million painters out there, but i want i want you to understand. Let's say you had a painting franchise, okay? And there was an independent painter, ABC or you know, Marty's painting, okay? So the fact is is that franchises, the big difference here is they know how to market, they know how to generate leads. This franchise that I just mentioned, SprayNet, guess what? They do all the marketing for you and they don't do just okay marketing. All right. So I'll give you a metric that I know from them. On average, in the service industry, it costs $79 to generate a lead for someone to go out and give them a bid to do painting. All right. This company is able to generate a lead for $23. So imagine your business model compared to an independent that doesn't have the time, the expertise or resources to do the marketing, where you have this engine behind you of hundreds of franchises, you know, where there's a big department generating leads for you at a fraction of the cost it would generate to, you know, it costs to typically generate leads and they handle it for you. And there's a call center answering the calls and booking the appointments now put that in contrast to marty's painting this guy who's working is butt off you know running from job to job and you know and not having consistency and having issues and this and that there's so many advantages that's you know the right franchises offer i hope that was a good example for you yeah
1: it it was it was awesome and then we're on more i love it we're on to the the last one the seventh recession-proof industry you would say for franchises the
0: seventh one <laughs> let me see
1: yeah, we got quite a few uh, good ones so yeah
0: oh i still i go i senior care i would have to say senior care okay um right now you know baby boomers they're turning 65 at an incredible rate and there's going to be more seniors than ever over the next 10 years right so senior care franchises you know they're exploding because there's so much demand talk about demand not only the senior care now in senior care there's a couple different options let me share with you first of all senior care most the, the traditional model is hey grandma's at home and she needs someone to come in a few days a week or once a day to make sure she's taking her medication or you know taking you know getting something to eat. Somebody helps with laundry or runs an errand for her or whatever that may be. That's you know home care services, in-home care. Right. There is also um, franchises where you know eventually grandma. May not be able to stay at home and she needs to go stay at some facility. Maybe she got she has dementia and there's dementia, you know, specialty facilities. Maybe she just doesn't like being at home alone because grandpa died two years ago and she just needs to be around people and the kids can't, don't have the time or live in another state. So they find a either a senior living community or maybe more one that offers more like nursing services, more of a higher level of care. Well, there is like a matchmaker franchise for that. That's like under a hundred thousand dollars. You become a matchmaker. You help people find the right facility for your loved one. So that's a neat franchise. And then finally in that space, there is um, accessibility. Like people at some point they don't have the mobility they used to. Maybe they're wheelchair-bound. Maybe they need a lift, a ramp, stairs. They need their house converted. So all these things are really hot right now in the world of you know, senior wow. care. And those investments, again, low investments, typically hundred dollars to $150,000 to get into senior care, sometimes less, that, that accessibility a little bit more. But that industry is booming.
1: Yeah. Wow wow uh marty that right there just just that if we just if we ended the podcast now which i'm not going to uh i'm not letting you go that easily just right there was just i don't know how much that knowledge was worth to those of you who are listening right now that was just pure blunt experience dive into the top spaces including uh next to them kind of what it costs to invest um what I want to do next, Marty, is I do want to transition into kind of almost using myself as a case study where I'll tell you, like, hey, here are the things I'm good at, like almost like role playing a little bit of what, you know, maybe a call for someone would go like with you if they called you the first time. Before I do that, in the middle of it, and by the way, again, thank you for that list. That was, it was it was incredible. Um, we we started talking about numbers a little bit, like return, and I want to get back to that conversation. Um, but before i do i want to disclaim it to everyone who's listening right now remember business is business is business there is no guarantees and these are these are sizable investments and so you never listen to a single thing we say here and run off and make an investment because again a business is a business there's a lot of risk involved and you want to make sure you're getting sound advice from some from people that really know getting legal advice, accounting advice, making sure you are equipped to do it. So we're just talking in the most generalities and we might even be talking about case scenarios that are really not typical at all, right? They could be the better cases. So So let me
0: share this with you in regards to the right due diligence and touching on that. First of all, most franchisors, they don't provide what I'm gonna call, you know, earnings claims, true earnings claims. like they they have the every franchise has a franchise disclosure document so the ftc requires them to disclose a number of things there's item 19 which is financial performance okay you're going to find that most of them have financial performance but they may have a certain segment of their franchisee population so you may be able to get a pretty good idea okay but uh, again, it may be based on, "Hey, here's what the top 25 percent do, or here's where the top 25 and the top in the middle or, or the next level is." So they have always an asterisk or two by this by this information. The other thing, like people say, "Well, how do I get to the true numbers?" I say, "Well, you have to speak with existing franchise owners. If you're going to do your due diligence right, you're going to have conversations with existing owners." And really sit down and try to get the 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 get you know the the right questions answered. Okay. Now every franchise in their process, they're gonna have like a a part of it that's called validation. So they're gonna give you, you know, three, five, whatever franchisees. Hey, reach out to these people. Of course, you know, listen, I, I think it's common sense to hey, search out other franchise owners that aren't on their list and try to engage in some conversations. And I always tell my clients, hey, it's really smart to go visit a store. If you could go experience it firsthand, think about how valuable that will be. So maybe you go visit. Maybe you you know hang out for a half a day. Maybe you even talk to customers and say to you, imagine talking to a customer and saying, you know, what do you like about this you know product or service in this store, and how often do you frequent, and you know. So it's interesting. There's a lot to this due diligence. Going back to the numbers, I was just giving a ballpark. You're right, but things, scenarios like that, not out of the question. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. It's not pie in the sky. Okay, but it, you you have to you have to find the right franchise.
1: 100%. And I, and I, you know, guys, if, if you're listening and you're you're seeing both Marty and I be sensitive to this topic because it's it's an important topic to be sensitive to because a lot of people out there will blow a lot of steam. And so I'm just saying here's what got me interested into it. And what Marty is basically saying is, hey, that's not completely unridic- uh, like ridiculous and un- impossible, but everyone is different. So what got me interested, it was exactly kind of the example Marty gave where I was like, wait a minute. So here's a franchise. And I was at that time, I was looking at franchises that were even more. But let's just say here's a franchise. that's a half a million dollars. It's uh, two hundred thousand dollars out of pocket. Let's say I'm even going to put a little bit extra in. Um, and so that could be two hundred thousand dollars I, I put into a mutual fund or I put into a real estate deal or whatever. Now, this franchise I'm going to put in, of course, I'm going to have to put a little extra work in. I got to go to their franchise training. I got to, you know, but my goal and dream in my life is I don't want to just own one. I wouldn't do it for just one. My goal is master this thing and then go buy 20 of them, 30 of them over time and grow and build a portfolio and then one day probably sell the portfolio. Um, And so I was looking at this one franchise, okay, half a million, and I'm looking at the numbers and it was like, hey, uh, you can make 150 net. Few years in right now, I hadn't done my full due diligence, I kind of was rough ballparking, and that wasn't their best numbers. I took their best numbers and I was like, All right, let's get to 150. So, in my head, I'm thinking, Huh, I'm 200 in cash, right? Of course, I have loan debt for the rest of it, and I'm like, Dang, that's a really huge cash on cash, even if I don't make 150 and I make 75, as long as I'm not daily involved. I'm like, that's still a huge cash on cash. Even if I don't make 75 and I make 40, <laughs> I'm like, that's still a huge cash on cash. And so that, I was doing my math where I was like dividing by two, still good. Dividing by two, still good. And I was like, all right, this is interesting. Like I, sh- I should be looking into this more. And and just confirming that Marty, that's I wasn't like out of completely left field. Like that is possible if with the right opportunity, the right thing. Okay, got it yeah so let's let's use me as an example Marty I kind of want to go through a quick fun exercise and um, make this all about myself now um, so I here here's who I am so I I have a great net worth I, I am liquid uh, I have time as my commodity I don't have much time I run multiple companies um, my skill set if you were to ask me is marketing lead generation I mean I I can Facebook ads Google ads, uh copywriting, creating advertising material. I enjoy it too. Online, anything to do with online, funnels, you know, generating leads online. That's my that's my shtick. That's what I'm really good at. Um time is the one thing, right? Now, the nice thing is my my wife, she handles more of this side of the business. So, of course, right now we have a little baby, but over the next year or so, you know, she's gonna be kind of getting back in. So we were looking as franchises where she would be the more Active participant, but I also don't want her having to get up at six in the morning and run to go, you know, pick up a bunch of frozen chicken burgers from such XYZ place to bring them to the franchise. So even for her, I want it to be more like she checks in, checks out. Um passionate. We're very passionate about education. My company's name is Learn, uh misspelled L-U-R-N. Um, my wife and I have a particular passion for for youth, for kids. We actually had looked at one particular franchise, which was a coding academy, which were teaching kids how to code. The reason is we actually have, a, I have a 24,000 f- uh, square foot facility here with open space. We have actual facility where I run my own events for adults. So we have like space where we could, we were thinking of taking some of it, carving it out and using that for the, uh... so I'm just trying to give you a brain dump of some of my assets, but I'm going to turn it over to you. Ask me some questions because I'm kind of curious what you think the top opportunities are passive that you know where maybe money is not as big of an issue but more like passive is like what we're really looking as passive as can we can be
0: well what's your superpower other than marketing
1: oh man uh i don't know how to answer that um can you give me some examples of what someone would would say so i can kind of get on the lines of what you mean by that like because i would jump to say Hi. I'm, I'm very good at hiring, uh, uh I have a degree in finance. So I'm not very good at finance. <laughs> um, I have, I am very good at hiring people. I am good at leading. Um, I'm a very macro leader. I don't micromanage. Um, but I'm very thorough in finding the person. And then I'm very good at kind of empowering the person. Hiring is definitely good. I would, I would tell you, I've built probably one of the best teams in our industry, in our company, um, marketing and then, you know, is, is, people would say public speaking or just, you know, presenting as a big superpower of mine. I don't know if any of that's okay, helping. So
0: one of the other questions I ask, I ask people is like, you know, here you are, you've, you're you very successful and, I, and I've and I've been listening. So you're more of an empire builder, right? Because I ask yeah. people, where do they want to be in five years from now? You know, what type of income would be great to earn? Like, yeah. I know that's kind of that, you know, it's kind of an obscure question, but you know, really depends on the investment level too. But like, if you had an additional revenue stream of income coming in every year, what would be great if you were able to accomplish that? Is that two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand a year? What would you like in five years, reasonably, if you built it up to X? What would that be?
1: For me, what would excite me would be a million a year or more, knowing it would be multiple franchises. It wouldn't just be one or two. I would expect right. that.
0: So you're you're a multi-unit operator,
1: yep. right? Yep. Yes.
0: Now That's let me 100%. share one of the things that I do that most people in doing what I do don't do, okay? So I'm going to share this with you because we won't have time to do this, okay? okay? So most of my clients, they go in and they have certain categories that they may like. So I have a questionnaire that I ask them to fill it out. There's like 25 categories that they they kind of rate how they feel about those categories, and then what I do is that on my call with them, I'm going to go through those categories, and I know which ones they're hot on. And I, sh- you know, we talk about those categories. So what I try to do, you know, my my process. Number one, I get to know you and your criteria. Okay, that's number one. If I'm going to fit you with the right franchise options and not waste our time, I want to understand you, your ability to fund a business your skills, your abilities, your goals, like I said, and we talk about the local market because I wanna make sure that there's availability. If I come up with some options, I'll make sure that I do territory checks before I come back to you and get you all excited about some franchise that there's no territory for like Massage Envy, all right? But the other part of it is like you in your life have experienced certain things. When I say franchising to most people, They're going to think McDonald's or Subway, Chick-fil-A, things like that, right? So they don't realize all these different categories exist. I mean, once I get into it, they go, "Oh, yeah, I know, Meineke, or I've heard of, you know, this or that. But the fact is, is I actually have an exercise that I walk them through all those different categories and share with them a lot of information, like here's the average investment level, here's the attributes. But let me share with you some really neat things. So my process would be going through that with you and having you rate what you like, those areas you like. Now, we can't do that today, but you shared with me that this could be something that your wife could be involved in. And maybe, you know, think about this. People make decisions two ways. They have the intellectual side, numbers, facts, data, and there's the emotional side what's going to make me feel good i already know you like children you want to have some positive effect on the community you want people to love what you do right yeah. so we have to then then take a look at what are those categories you've mentioned a few already which i'm a good listener in regards to you know education there's you know healthcare i think could be great for you guys you know maybe it sounds even pets you'd be open to cuz you're compassionate you know but then there's going to be huh
1: as i would not my wife she does not like animals at all yeah she does.
0: But then but then there's going to be those things that you would say you know what there's not any emotion with this it's all about the numbers right so listen i think that we'd have to go a little bit deeper all right. In regards to saying, hey, this is going to be the perfect franchise for you, but you've already helped me narrow it down. Definitely. Got
1: it. So. But I mean, for you, it, it sounds to me like it's a very individualized process. Like You might have five conversations in one day and give them completely different. Each of those five conversations have completely different recommendations as to which franchise is right for them. Totally. It just
0: depends on all these different.
1: So it's not like you've got deals with seven franchises that are offering you the most, where you're like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to square, you know, put the square peg into our circle or whatever like that. Listen, um, here's the thing like, I
0: backtracking and not to make myself sound like a saint, but listen, I was in business 27 years of my life and I really worked hard, independent, you know, marketing companies and I did well, but I know what it takes to be successful. And I know that, you know, the risks people take to get into business. 80% of business owners fail in the first five years that are independent, okay? 80% of independent business owners fail, like guys like you and me that tried something. And, you know, every time you screw up, it costs you time and money, okay? Now, I know that most of the people that I work with, even if they have a high net worth, they work hard to get there. All right. So I mean it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I custom fit, I custom tailor my recommendations to exactly, you know, I have no go-to brands. I mean, there's brands that I know are strong performers and I have some higher degree of confidence in certain brands. Okay. But it's really going to depend on, you know, where people fall in regards to, you know, what their goals are and and kind of what their passions are that mix between intellect and emotion and what we end up with a little bit
1: last question on this so a lot of these franchises as i was listening to you talk about like hair care so i want to review for everybody hair care pet care child education automotive medical home services senior care as with any business obviously uh people is an important thing now in my business not thank god you know in the sense of i have access to international audience i mean international talent i can hire people from philippines to california to any country and we do it has been a great value add COVID happened post-pandemic, and you heard about a lot of local businesses struggling, not able to hire, going out of business, especially in the restaurant industries and other things. Has that rebounded a little bit, or are you still, because I just get scared, right? You open hair care, what if no one wants to work there? Like, is that kind of, are we past that now, and people are back to work, and? Not totally, no. No, okay. So, I think so, certain I've...
0: industries are, are, you know, certain industries and certain markets, I think have challenges, okay? So not totally, but um, I will tell you a lot of franchise companies, like a lot of the service it comes to mind, like many of the service companies, they, they help people hire their technicians, okay? And they have all kinds of job resources to help people get hired. Um, fitness, some of the big fitness franchises, they find the lead trainers, you know, and then they, that lead trainer will hire the people and train and certify the people under them. So um, there is definitely assistance in the human resource side of the business. But in regards to certain markets, I think it varies from market to market.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and I think I wanted to put that out there. Because I wanted to make sure people are aware of that. that That is a challenge. I have a, I have a friend of mine who owns a pizza place. Um, amazing pizza. Very unique uh, fusion pizza. It's their own. So it's not a franchise. And um, one of their biggest struggles. I mean, he's, him and his wife own it. He's in the front oh, answering the phone calls. And his wife's in the back making them because they struggle to hire. And I've always wanted to ask him. I've never asked him this. But I've always wanted to ask, like, well, what about Domino's and Pizza Hut and Papa John's and all these, like, I wonder if they're having the same problems or did they address that? Is there a system at the franchise level to help kind of bring employees in so that the owner's not answering the phone calls?
0: um, Here's what I say to that. I I don't know if it's only, um, it may not fully be the market. It may be him a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, no, and he, he would say it too. He would agree with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, the problem is, is that's a big mistake people make. Like um, I shared with you right before the show that my family started a franchise that I was involved in opened hundreds of stores Postnet, like the UPS stores, right? So I would consult these owners and I would find that some of them were working the counter. And I said, all right, so you left a job paying, you know, 80 to 100 grand a year, whatever they left. And now they have their own store and they're doing the work that at the time you could pay somebody 10 bucks an hour for or whatever. All right, so I'm saying, you know, be careful. If you get into this business, you know, you'll, and you'll find franchisors, they have best practices. All right, and, uh, and what's good and what we didn't talk about much is this. In a franchise organization, if there's hundreds of other franchisees, these other people have been where you've been. They're there to help you. There's a community, there's a family and a lot of franchise um, organizations. There's this
1: culture and willingness to help each other out, which is a huge benefit. Oh oh man, whew, that is awesome. Uh, This has been a fascinating episode specifically for me. Um, So everyone, if you wanna talk to Marty, first and foremost, I would tell you again, remember, Um, there is investment involved. This is, this is different. So if you feel like you've heard numbers and you feel like these are things that, that excite you, um, smartfranchiseinvesting.com. That's his site. That's where you can go to learn more about working with Marty. smartfranchiseinvesting.com. Marty, I've got a crazy 10 days coming up. And after that, you will see me at your site uh, messaging you um, because I want to talk. I want to go through that list. Actually, I I told you, I've been looking at this for a long time. I really think building... And you're right, by the way, empire builder. That's the exact word I would use for myself is to build an empire. Um, I met recently... Someone is a friend, I didn't, I didn't meet him, virtually met him. Um, they own 110 Sonics. And when he, and you know, I don't want to throw out anything um, because I don't have their permission, but when he told me what they were worth, like what he could sell that for right now to a private equity group, I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> I was like, wow, that 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 excited me, right? Where I'm like, that that didn't require someone inventing an iPhone or whatever. It was like a pretty methodical, like boom, boom, boom way of just over the lifespan, building this massive you know, portfolio of assets. That got me excited. So I look forward to working with you and, and talking to you and learning more and, and hopefully doing business together. Um, Marty Greenbaum, everybody, smartfranchiseinvesting.com. Marty, any other URLs, social media profiles, anything that you want to throw out or people can connect with you or learn from you?
0: I, uh, I'm on uh, LinkedIn. If you put in Mark, Marty Greenbaum or Martin Greenbaum franchising, you'll find it pretty easy okay, in Smart Franchise Investing. My email is marty at smartfranchiseinvesting.com. So it's marty at smartfranchiseinvesting.com. Otherwise, hey, I'd love to work with anybody who has a sincere interest and uh, do a little brainstorming with you.
1: I love it. All right, everyone, there you go, smartfranchiseinvesting.com. If this is of interest to you, as you guys know, there's so many opportunities out there in the world. Just keep listening keep applying, keep looking. And find the one that's right for you. Do your due diligence and be smart about it. This is Anik reminding you when life pushes you, stand straight, smile, and push it the heck back. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Make sure you click subscribe, leave a comment, click like. And on any audio platform, make sure you leave us a great review. Love you guys. Stay safe. Talk to you later. Bye.